Welcome to the New Masculine Podcast. This is a place where masculine identifying people come together in community to disrupt outdated models of masculinity and together construct new models for our way forward as men. As a special note, while this conversation is between men, this podcast values all beings and seeks to create positive impacts for all. I'm your host, Travis Stock. I am a master life coach, an equus coach, which means I often partner with horses when supporting clients, and I'm a teacher. In my coaching work, I am passionate about the balance of masculine and feminine energies in each of us, regardless of gender. I seek to help others nurture a relationship with both types of energy, which often leads to a greater sense of wholeness. And yet what I found in my work with men is that many of us have been taught messages about what it means to be a man by first teaching us to avoid anything that is associated with the feminine. That avoidance leads to few experiences of intimacy, emotions outside of anger, vulnerability, or even a sense of belonging. Striving to comply with these models of masculinity has many of us feeling isolated, ashamed, unworthy, afraid, angry, and depressed. That's why I started this podcast, to bring men together who are ready for something new, something more whole. Everyone, I'm loving all the new connections that I'm making since putting out the new Masculine podcast. And my next guest is one of those new connections. A mutual friend shared an Instagram story that Joe Longo created expressing his commitment to supporting men and the reclaiming of the divine masculine. As I witnessed another man stepping out into this work, I immediately reached out to celebrate him. Joe describes himself as a spiritual being, a human, and a creative. He uses the mediums of photography, kundalini yoga, and coaching to bring his healing work into the world. I had the pleasure of being a guest on his podcast, Inspired Creativity, recently. So definitely check out our conversation there. I'll make sure the link is in the episode notes. And now I'm really grateful that he has joined me in our conversation and is sharing his wisdom on the New Masculine Podcast. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, Travis. Thank you so much for having me today. I feel really, really honored and blessed to be here. Yeah. Well, welcome people into your world. Tell us a little bit about more about you that I haven't already shared. All right. So I am... For the past 10 years, I've been a photographer and a kundalini yoga instructor. And for people that may be like, what is kundalini? Uh, Kundalini is this beautiful practice. And it's kundalini is taught by Yogi Bhajan, who brought the practice to the States in the late 60s. It was a very secret, private practice in India. It was only meant for the royalty because it's so powerful. But Kundalini is the divine feminine energy, and we wake that energy up by moving our spine. And this energy sits at the base of the spine. So we do all kinds of movements to really wake that energy up, to get it moving up through our chakras. So for the last 10 years, I've been doing this and never really paying attention to the work that I was doing. Because most of the most of the people that come to class really things are changing, but for a good part of the decade, it's been a classroom filled with ladies and maybe one or two men would, would come in to, to the class. But I've fallen in love with the practice and I joke, but I'm really serious. I think I say I joke because it makes me feel safe. Like it's a little like blanky that I'm, that I'm holding on to myself that it turned me into from a jock bro a sleep dude into a kind, loving, caring man. And just recently, as all of these shifts have been happening in my life, it's really been brought to my attention that working with that divine feminine energy has helped me heal my masculine energy. And it's been preparing me for where we are today to move forward and helping men and women heal that divine masculine energy that that we all have and it's very powerful and it's i feel like it's new territory for me and along with all that i'm doing life coaching and transformational coaching and manifestation coaching really to help people step into their personal power to remind people that we are infinite creative beings and all the answers are inside of us If we're willing to sit and look within and quiet the mind so we can actually hear those answers. That's a little bit about me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you for sharing. I really, I really appreciate this sort of explanation of Kundalini. It's not something that I have done much practice in. And I, um, I wasn't aware previous to meeting you that that was sort of the divine feminine energy in each of us. And, and I appreciate you ex sharing like your practice in that, in your immersion in that world, but then also sort of the look back to see how that feminine energy being immersed in that has really helped your masculine energy and helped bring it into a much more divine state. I think that's the common theme between the men that I've had on the podcast so far is, is that in many ways, these men are connected to their feminine energy in some way, and that is helping them be better men in the world. Yeah. And I also contribute a lot of it, I think, to the fact that I'm a, I'm a Pisces and I'm very dreamy and kind of I float around in outer space sometimes. But I've always just been like this emotional person. Even when I was that jock bro dude, I still felt my emotions. I was really in tune with my emotions. And I think that goes to the amount of time that I, I spent with my mom. I'm the youngest of six kids. Um, but I spent a lot of time with my mom. We have this really sweet connection. And there was just something that like she's one of my greatest teachers. She's um, a spiritual being as well, very intuitive. And I always connected to that. I never, we didn't really talk about it much besides when I would hurt myself and she would be like, I knew that was going to happen. I should have told you. But it's just like these, like I learned these lessons from her through like just watching and seeing how she acts and how she loved. And I remember a long time ago, Someone in the church that we went to said that I was going to be a loving man from watching the way that my dad treated my mom. And I thought that was very powerful because my dad has always been very lovey with, with my mom. Um, I forget the names of the love languages, but my dad's love language is definitely like, you know, come sit here close to me. Let me rub your back. You know, mm -hmm. that. Physical, type. well, physical touch in there, but there's also like um, quality time. Yeah, like having that that mm -hmm. that quality time, um, and I'm, I'm kind of the same way. And I feel it's from watching them. They're extremely cute together. They're still together, um, and I think that helped me as well. Know that like it's okay to want to hold my girlfriend's hand and put my arm around her and do those kinds of things, and not just worry about getting some ass for lack of a better you know way to put it so i i think it's just been an interesting process and the kundalini really it just brought me more in tune with all of it and that divine feminine energy is that creative energy it's where life comes from and the masculine energy is that like take action and i've always felt that the creative energy has just been flowing through me without even thinking. Sometimes I feel like something just cracks open my head and starts pouring this creativity in. And I feel it's because of the, the practice and because of the balance of energy that I can take that idea and run with it and put it into play using that masculine energy. But we really need that balance of both to function at our highest, you know, our highest purpose in life because whether you, and I have a feeling that everyone that listens to your podcast is connected on this way, but if you happen to stumble upon it, you're like, whatever, men don't have feminine energy. Like, we do, and it is that creative energy that's in us. And the more we balance it, the more creative we can become. I'm so grateful that you're sharing this because I actually have seen some commenting on social media posts about where there's this is really a challenging concept for some men is to really acknowledge the feminine energy that's in each of us and how that is the balance of that as you were saying is such an important part of the way that we create and find purpose in the world and create change and live in our dharma and yet um I have noticed that there is a very narrow belief system around what the feminine energy is. And it's very connected to sort of either female, not necessarily the energetic qualities of feminine energy, but what femininity is in our culture, much like this conversation is about what is masculinity are in our culture and what doesn't work and where are we going with it. 
in many ways, people associate feminine energy with what female is. And so in order to be a man with feminine energy, you have to be swishy and beta and limp-wristed and skipping. And there are, there are some men that are really challenged by the concept of, of feminine energy in us. And I'm so grateful that you're sort of helping differentiate feminine energy from femininity or female qualities. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is really hard for people to grasp because we just, you know, our our society is it's very divided. It's like, oh, feminine, masculine, and there's no, you know, in between. Or you might see something you're like, oh, well, that's dude, like you said, you know, very limp wristed or speaking this way, and they just assume, but they don't take into consideration that it's like everything. It's the yin and the yang. You know, you you need the good and the bad. You need that balance to function. And the more that we can come into that and accept it and realize that it's part of us. And once we realize that it's part of, part of us and it doesn't have anything to do with sexuality, we can begin moving forward healing. And the same with, with women. If women have been, I mean, have gotten the shit end of the stick for a really long time because of typical white, old male dudes. Um, and I say that because I'm a, I'm, I'm a white male dude. I can, you know, I feel I can say that. I can yell at them. Like I feel safe to yell at the people that have come before me and be like, seriously, what did you guys do? Like you broke this shit bad. Yeah. Use and, your privilege and your power to create change. I'm into it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like I can say that. I don't, I don't have to feel bad for saying anything about you old white dudes. Um, but I feel a lot of the problems that we face and have faced have been caused by that and by the imbalance of the masculine energy not being balanced with the feminine energy. And as we've seen the rise of the divine feminine and the ladies taking charge and kicking ass, like the pendulum is starting to swing and it's going to have to come into a balance where we're all like, oh no, we're all the same. So for all the ladies that have been through hell because of the man, they also need to heal that divine masculine energy within them, or you're kind of like turning your back on yourself as well. We just you know need to find that happy medium where we're we're all in balance, where where we're like in just this space of knowing that it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight or bi, whatever. Like you need a balance of the masculine and the feminine to really kick the most ass that you can possibly kick while you're alive mm. you know like really i i'm i'm one of my biggest things when i teach and talk it's all about reminding people that we are infinite creative beings like we are the creators we're writing this story and how are you going to write it are you going to write it from a balanced place of infinite creativity or are you going to like be a little pissy uh, i just feel we need to you know we need to step into that and and own it and know that it's okay. Well, I love the clarity and the the sort of assuredness that you're bringing to what your wisdom is in this world. I'd love to sort of personalize it a little more and to hear some of the stories of of maybe your childhood and the ways that you understood what masculinity is in our culture. What what turned you into that road jock dude and what allowed you to transform into sort of the kind generous man that you are now? Mm. So growing up, I, I was an athlete. I played high school football and college football, and I, I got sucked into that world. But I also had this like creativity side, but I assumed I wasn't an artist. My family are all artists and they can draw, and I could never draw. And I just assumed because I can't draw and I couldn't paint that I wasn't an artist. But I really had this deep love for music. When I was really small and couldn't sleep, my mom would play Barry Manilow and Barry Manilow would put me to sleep. And then I would eventually just start singing along to Barry Manilow. And then as I grew up, I would just always sing. I love, love, love. And I still do. I love to sing. And growing up, it was just like something I did. If I was in the backseat of my car, you know, driving somewhere with my parents, whatever was on the radio, I would be singing along to. But I always had this fear of saying, Oh, I play football. I would love to sing in the choir, though. I'd love to sing in chorus. I couldn't, I was too afraid to take that step because I didn't know what would happen. Or like if people would think I was less 
of a man or less of a, a boy who plays football that also wants to sing in the choir. So I just never, I kind of just kept it to myself and it was like my own little thing. And then as the 80s were ending and grunge started to make its, you know, pop up onto the scene and people like Eddie Vedder and Kurt Cobain and Michael Stipe started popping in. I was like, oh, wow, look at these dudes. Like they're being emotional. They're sharing their stories. Sometimes Kurt is wearing uh, eyeliner or Michael Stipe has on all kinds of makeup. And it was a different kind of like makeup and feels and the hair bands from the 80s were wearing. Like it had this like masculine, like, yeah, I'm going to wear eyeliner. What are you going to say? You know, what are you going to do? And I, I took that as well. And it made me feel like I can be a badass and I can do this and I can express myself. And it wasn't like anything I was thinking about doing. It was just like, it kind of goes back to the being a Pisces. I just never felt like I fit in. Like I just don't, I need to like blaze my own trail and just kind of do what I do. And it was like this, I think it was a way for me to be a rebel in a, in a way because I was, I was re I didn't do anything wrong outside of get really bad grades but like I didn't drink in high school I didn't smoke I didn't do any of those kinds of things it was like no I play football and I run track so I need to be in shape and I can't get in trouble because I want to get a scholarship so it was really like being that guy but I also had this other side that just needed to like express myself and because I didn't think I was an artist it was like oh well I'll let my hair grow really long and I'll dye it blonde or I'll try to dye blonde and I'll probably turn red uh, which happened a lot and I would just kind of experiment and just do these things in a way to piss people off because I knew it like was pushing the boundaries with everything and then once I went to college I really stepped into my own nest I guess I was just like this is me and then again at that time I was like there were people like Dennis Rodman, and um, I can't think of the one football player's name, but he had like a weird um, mohawk, and like he had all these earrings, and I just connected to the weirdos. Mm. And not that they're weird, you know what I mean? But like I connected to those guys that were like, yeah, I'm going to pierce my nose, and I'm going to have all these earrings, and this is, you know, the way I'm going to look. And I think part of that really helped. and through all of that, there was like this grunge and then there was Prince in the background. I'm like, fuck <laughs> Prince. Yeah. Like, who is this dude shredding on the guitar and he's wearing six inch heels? Mm -hmm. You know? So it was like this. Tons of feminine energy. Tons of it. And like, it, I never was like, oh, I want to make out with Prince. But I'm like, I want to do that in a way just to piss people off. Like, I don't know what it was. And then I think, like, I think I had, again, from hanging out and spending time with my mom and my brothers and my dad would be in the garage, like, working on a race car or something. And my mom would be in the kitchen with her church ladies having, like, a Bible study. And I would hang out in there and, like, have these conversations with my mom and her friends about, like, their thoughts on God and my thoughts on God and kind of push their buttons and be like, you know, we're all God. You know, like it just this, I don't know, outsider that was kind of, I felt like I was just here to like push, push the envelope in ways. And now I feel like I don't, I think from the Kundalini practice, I don't feel as if I'm pushing the envelope now, like I did that. And now <laughs> I'm just in this space, like this is me. I'm, you know, I am a, a spiritual being. I'm an infinite creative being and I want to wake up as many people as I possibly can to tap into that, into your personal power and know that, you know, we all have the freedom to express ourselves, whatever that looks like. And we should be able to do that without any kind of, you know, persecution or anything happening. And I, and I, I feel that without realizing, like I, I'm sure there were people that I went to high school with that wanted to do what I was doing, but because I had that, like, football player side of me like I felt like I didn't care like if you're gonna try to kick my ass you can try to kick my ass like it just doesn't 
matter because I'm going to be me. And there's part of me that feels bad that I know that there were kids out there that wanted to express themselves and were afraid. I just wish I knew at that time that I was aware to go up and hang out with those kids and be with them to know that they could, you know, to try to help them express themselves as well. Your trajectory just makes me like, I, w I never really thought about like the 80s of the hair metal and then the grunge. There's always this performance of pushing the edge of gender that's been mm -hmm. a part of some of those decades. And in right now, in many ways, we're transforming into sort of gender identity questions, not necessarily the performance of gender, but the actual mm -hmm. who am I and how do I show up in the world? And it sounds very similar to your trajectory. It's like, I'm going to push the edge because that feels fun for me. And now I get to be just in the place where here's who I am, moving mm -hmm. from the performance of something into the identity of something. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's been interesting that your podcast has definitely made me from the, your questionnaires and things really made me look back on my life and recognize these things that I did just trying to express myself. And when I finally you know, was in my first photography class that I ended up failing that then propelled me to go to art school to be a photographer, I think it was because I, I thought I wasn't an artist and I didn't know how to express myself, but I had to express myself. And because I thought I couldn't draw or paint or create art the way that my brothers and sisters could, the only way to express myself was using my, my body and being like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dye my hair and see what color it comes out. I'm going to let it grow as long as it can. And I'm going to get earrings. And if I'm singing tonight, I'm going to put black nail polish on and you know do those kinds of things and that was my way of being an artist and then when i it's funny because the way this is going to come out of my mouth the way i just said that when i came out to my parents that i was an artist i was like <laughs> i don't, don't want to play i don't want to play football anymore i want to go to art school my mom said oh wow that's it it all makes sense you're an artist you're not gay and the, the and I had no idea that my parents even had an I like thought that I might be gay because I always had girlfriends like they were mm. always and that, and then she instantly followed it up with it's okay we would love you anyway but <laughs> it all makes sense you're an artist you're an artist and that's why you've been doing like you why you why your life has been the way it's been because you've been an artist that hasn't been expressing yourself as an artist yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I talk to my clients a lot about how the gay community is, does not have a monopoly on coming out. <laughs> there are coming outs for each of us as artists, as spiritual beings, as people into yoga, as sensitive men, as emotional men, as people that have had to deal with depression or other mental health issues. Like there's a coming out that all of us have to do throughout our lives. We just have, mm -hmm. we as the queer community have a little bit more of an obvious <laughs> story, um, but we don't, we definitely don't hold the monopoly on that. So that part of you that is, has been willing to push the edges of those things, are there sort of constructs of masculinity as they currently are held in our culture right now that you still believe are worth pushing out or sort of disrupting? I think this podcast is really meant to disrupt some outdated models of masculinity and i'm wondering do you see any of those outdated models and can you highlight them well i think we need to be more open and loving and i think we may have touched on this when when you were on my podcast how a group of men in the philadelphia yoga community you know using social media like we would put a post out and someone would be like oh my goodness i love you brother and like really being open with our love that we have for each other and saying that it's okay to love your male friends. If you're a dude, it's okay. Male intimacy you, is so good. It is. It is like, give your friend a hug. Give your fucking dad a hug. Sorry. I don't know if we can curse. You totally um, can. Hug, hug your brother, you know, like do that. And it, it's like, we're humans. And that's why, you know, when I, you know, filled out your form, I'm like, I, I, I feel I'm a human. We're all human. 
Like we need to let go of the whole, like, you're a boy, you're a girl, you're, you know, all the labels. When you strip all of them away, you're a human. Remember that and love from that space that like strip the everything off of us. We are all exactly the same. The same thing that is keeping me breathing right now is keeping you breathing. The same thing that's keeping my heart beating is keeping your heart beating. It's all the same if we can get rid of all the shit that's been dumped on us. So I feel that like if I love my friend, I should be able to give him a hug. And I think men need to do that, not just when your football team wins the Super Bowl, you know, and it's okay to cry if you feel like you're going to cry not just when your favorite football team loses the Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> like when you feel the emotions, let them out. That's part of being alive, part of being human, to feel all the feels. Isn't that and so fascinating how the only space that men are really like, we see men being vulnerable and physically intimate with each other is in football or in some sort of sporting event where there's a competition where winners and losers are a part of that. And mm -hmm. how... We somehow have made that okay for players to slap each other on the butt and for people to like hug, hug each other when they've lost or when they've won or cry. But what about the rest of life? Like, I love that you're pointing out how male culture can sometimes make us very separate and distant from each other. Mm -hmm. And yet the human in us wants connection, wants physical touch, wants vulnerability, wants intimacy. And we're not talking about sexual intimacy. We're just talking about intimacy and connection and vulnerability. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting. I never, and playing football, I never understood the whole slapping each other on, an a on the ass thing either. Like, I Me never neither. understood that. As a all. gay like, man, I don't do walk around doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if that still happens today, but I'm like, I never really understood. Like, why, why are you slapping my ass? <laughs> um, but I think it is. It's like outside of that, everything that you just said, when you start to feel emotions, it's like, boys, don't cry. Boys, don't feel. Keep that to yourself. Don't talk about those things. Don't ask those questions. Figure it out on your own. And like, well, that's not helping. Like, that's got us to where we are now. And thankfully, we're coming back around. Like, we're starting to wake up and be like, no, no, I have feelings and it's okay to have the feelings and to express them. And it doesn't mean I'm less of a man if I'm crying. I actually feel like I feel more of a man because I'm actually owning my shit and allowing it to come through. Yeah, it's a different form of strength. We sort of value strength often in masculine culture, and yet it's a different form of strength when you can be vulnerable, when you can own your patterns, your mess-ups, your struggles, your weakness. It's a different kind of strength, and I think the more we can sort of bring that to the forefront and value it and celebrate it, the better. Because there's a huge population of men dealing with mental health issues like anxiety and depression and not having a space to bring it out into the light to help get any help with it it's all dealt with in shadow and in private and mm -hmm. locked up and maybe their female partner might know some of it but very little of it right definitely and what i've been noticing with my coaching i've been trying to get male clients and it's like pulling teeth like the ladies will reach out and say hey let's talk let's set up a discovery call and I will throw posts out on in the social media world saying if there are any dudes that want free, free, free sessions, give me a call. Let's talk. Nothing. Nothing. I totally everyone know. every once in a while, and I'm I'm really enjoying what's happening, and I think it's just the way the universe is. More men have been starting to come to my yoga classes. I started doing a free weekly meditation at my house and more men have been showing up to that than women, which is awesome. And I love it. And it's starting to happen. I'm starting to see these little shifts, but I feel we're still like kind of like there are men out there that want to scream, fuck, help me. But they're just too afraid to reach out. 
Yeah, I think that's such a fascinating conversation to talk about sort of what are the barriers to entry in self-help, in, in therapy, in, in introspection, in vulnerability. What are the barriers that are in place that keep men out of that? Because, and then how do we move around those boundaries? How do we invite them beyond to climb over the boundary or to make it safe enough for them to do so? Because it's my experience too, as I keep putting this podcast out there and releasing episodes, like one thing I'm noticing that I'm fascinated about, and part of that's just, I tend to, uh, my whole life, I've tended to feel safer with women and have lots of really solid women in my life and have been in the last five, six years, really putting some intentional energy around bringing in those healthy men into my life as well. Um, but as I put out social media posts and stuff, I get a lot of really positive feedback from the women in my life that are celebrating this conversation we're having. But then like maybe six men out of a hundred and some likes on a post are there. And it's like, or I'll ask questions to the men that are listening and I, and the, the answers aren't there. That participation's not there. So there are some things, it's a slower process and the invitation is, is you have to sort of create safe space in order for them to show up. And I think it's a real thing to start exploring. Like what are the barriers to entrance in this kind of work? Mm -hmm. I, um, a friend that I'm working with that's helping me do some Facebook stuff, some advertising things. She wanted me to create a, a five-step how to start a daily practice just a little PDF, but directed towards men. And I was finding when I was writing it, I was like tapping into, I think, the man in, you know, like the real hardcore masculine and thinking like, okay, a man would probably make fun of this. So now how can I write in a way that I know where your mind is going? Take a moment for that inappropriate joke and now come back, connect to your breath, and realize that if you want to be the best at whatever it is that you do, you'll do these things. And I think like that is part of the wake up call. It's like, if you can let go of your ego and realize that by connecting more to that divine feminine energy in you, you're going to be more creative. You're going to be better at whatever you're doing. And ultimately, if you want to be that strong alpha male, then you should also be creative as well. And in order to really get to that true creativity, whether you want to believe it or not, that is your divine feminine energy that you're tapping into. So it's like embrace it and then become the best version of yourself. Sorry, fellas, it's there anyways. You might as well embrace it. <laughs> right, exactly. No, it's just my creativity. Right, that's the feminine. The feminine is the creative. Yeah. It's, whether you like it or not, my friends. Absolutely. <laughs> So that part of you that wanted to be in choir, but you were the jock and you didn't have the foresight yet at that age to allow yourself into that space. Do you find that there are parts of you that you wish you could express more, but hold back because it doesn't quite fit yet the current models of masculinity? Uh, I don't think so. I think I'm pretty okay with expressing myself these days. Um, and I think right now I'm more in this space of coming back to the coming out word, coming out as like, woo, and being like, I am this like spiritual being. I am in this space of really, I feel like I'm on the planet at this time to, yes, help the masculine, but to wake people up, to really wake people up to stop living the groundhog day. So I feel I'm more in that space of like, how am I really stepping into my truth and living my truth and saying to people, oh, maybe you're noticing you're a little intuitive. Have you explored that? Are you actually listening? You know, maybe you're dreaming of things. And it's like, I feel that that's where I'm, I'm working in that space of like owning my woo. And saying, I can help you get to a space where you can hear those intuitions on a higher level. Yeah. But it, it all kind of, I think, comes back again to that. We need to be balanced. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that that's a huge place that um, isn't 
quite valued yet in masculinity as we're talking about is that woo. And so I do think there's some vulnerability in coming out as woo and sharing that, oh, I believe in things, not just the tangible things that I see in front of me, but also the energetics and also intuition, also the unseen, which can be sort of seen as feminine in many ways. It's mm-hmm. weird that so many spiritual teachers throughout history have been men. Uh-huh. And yet how feminine spirituality can really be. And then we put sort of the control mechanisms of religion and, and, and doctrine on top of that and create very masculine structures around spirituality. Uh-huh. But, but it is really interesting how m- so many spiritual teachers throughout his- history have been men. And yet it still feels sometimes vulnerable to come out as a woo man. Right. I lo- Literally, I was just thinking that as the words were coming out of your mouth i was thinking like wow like there have been so many male teachers out there that are in the woo and even just like if you look back through history like um the great seers like nostradamus or edgar casey like all of these men that were tapped into it and owning it and owning it and yet for some reason i sit here in my ikea chair and I feel so vulnerable saying, no, I'm intuitive. I see things. I hear things. I know shit that's going to happen before it happens. And I have this feeling like, oh, what? Like, I think that's more scary for me than embracing like feminine, masculine energy. Totally. And yet, we, as we're talking about all these male sort of spiritual teachers, and yet the reason they were sort of lifted up and are now seen is because they were they had power, the privilege of being a man in this world, whereas mm-hmm. women women were practicing more in the shadows. Um, right. There's lots of uh, occult and witchy kind of energy that's out there that is sort of practicing of spirituality, but in a, in in the shadows because it's not safe to become forward or because it's not valued by those in power. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Which totally sucks. Um, and again, it makes me want to scream at the old white man for being like serious. How much did you guys mess this place up? And even if you look at the Bible, how many women are in the Bible? Very few. And they're, 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 e- few. they're either a virgin or they're a whore or like they're, they're extremes. Right. Right. And you look at all of them and like, wow, what is going on? It's interesting world we live in. Interesting. <laughs> interesting world. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. At, so the world has often not been the most safe place for women um, historically. And it still isn't in many ways. And yet now I'm starting to hear this piece of the conversation where um, as we're unearthing some of the shadow elements of masculinity and we've had sort of the Me Too movement come through, um, Black Lives Matter come through, and we're sort of looking at white cisgender male behavior and power dynamics and that kind of stuff. Something I'm starting to hear is that it's not safe to be a man in this world anymore or it's scary to be a man in this world. What's your take when you hear that? I can part get it and understand because there are times where I'll feel extremely vulnerable if I'm teaching a yoga class at a studio that doesn't have a front desk person and one woman shows up for class. And it, I feel not that I'm she's going to do anything to me and I'm not safe that way. The idea that she can walk out of that room and say anything that she wants makes me feel unsafe. If I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I hear you. But, and I think that that is just a silly thought, you know, that, that is in my head, like a, an irrational fear. But as far as men being like, Oh, it's not safe. For me, it's not safe for you if you're an asshole. Sorry. You know, like if you're walking maybe it around. Be. And maybe it shouldn't be safe for you if you're an asshole. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like the, the gentleman, I think, I want to say maybe it was the New York Marathon or the Boston Marathon that as he was running, there was a female reporter standing along oh, he the road. Her in the butt. Yeah. Like that's when I say asshole, that's, that's, I'm talking to him. Mm-hmm. And he can apologize all he wants, but whatever thoughts went through his head 
that that was okay. Not okay. Not okay. <laughs> not, not okay at all. So, and I, and that's never okay. Not okay 50 years ago, not okay 100 years ago, never okay. So not just not okay because of the whole me too thing, never fucking okay. And I think sometimes people get into that space of, oh, it's not safe for men because the men that are saying that are thinking with this like 1920s, 1930 mindset that they can do whatever the F they want and it's okay. And again, I'm going to say the same thing, not okay ever. Not today, not yesterday, not a thousand fucking years ago. And it all goes back to we're human. Female, male, treat everyone as if we're the same. Like with respect, dignity, love, kindness. And it'll be a much sweeter place to be. Yeah, I think you and I talked about it when we were recording your an episode for your podcast, but it's sort of that what do we what do men do as the as this all of this shadow stuff is coming out and we're having to look at our behavior and look at our past behavior and see whether or not we have crossed lines in whatever ways and that sort of shame that can arise really quickly or that defensiveness that can come up that's what i'm really curious about is there's so much defensiveness in certain circles around men's behavior instead of a willingness to actually explore it and to grow and to learn and to expand, it's always like there's like this contraction that happens around this and is digging in our heels. And mm -hmm. I'm really, it, I think that's where that comes from. It's like, it's not safe to be a man anymore is because it's like, yeah, you feel unsafe internally because we're having to really look at some of these behaviors and take a critical eye to some of this stuff. And I think it's okay for you to feel a little unsafe sometimes. It's okay for you to feel a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need to, again, feel all of the feels, and it's going to help us to grow and to heal. And I think the more this happens, and stepping, jumping right into my woo, in 2020, I, 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 from people that I talked to, from teachers that I have, from other intuitive people, everyone really feels that there is this healing that's happening with the divine masculine energy but as that healing happens there's going to be a lot of men that start realizing maybe things that they did wrong start realizing that things that maybe they've seen happen were wrong and they're going to be tr trying to figure out how do i how do i heal how do i forgive myself for what i didn't know was wrong and I think we're going to be seeing a lot of it as we move into 2020 and this energy is shifting and we're all energy. It's coming. We're all waking up, waking up in waves. And I think it's going to hit a lot of people. And I think some people are going to have to really answer those hard questions and then work on forgiving themselves. Yeah, I think it reminds me of the f very first episode that I recorded with my guest, Michael Trotta. He was saying something around the concept of there's so much pain and shame and hurt in these conversations that can arise. And I think that traditionally men, we are much more like see a problem, create a solution, see a problem, create a solution. And we're much more solution oriented rather than development oriented, which is much more the feminine side of things. So we're trained to be in that sort of solution mindset and to be looking for the fix. If we're going to see the problem, we have to find the fix. And I think that's really uncomfortable for us as men to sit knowing that there isn't an easy solution to all of this. This actually requires deep change. Exactly. It work. And a lot of the work, though, it isn't, it's not going to kill you. It's going to make you stronger. And it's not like you're going to go to the gym and work out, you might have to sit on a meditation cushion and connect with your breath and just internalize things and ask yourself questions and forgive yourself. And, you know, maybe walk in to a, a space when you're meditating and see a 10-year-old Travis sitting in that same room and you walk up to that 10-year-old Travis and say, hey, it's okay. You didn't know better. But now I'm here to tell you what you did was wrong but I forgive you and then move on. 
but we have to allow ourselves that space to go within. And I think that's a problem with society in general. People are obsessed with the glorification of busy. I'm so busy, I can't. I don't have time, I'm so busy. But you have time to plug your phone in to charge your phone. Give yourself a couple minutes and sit down every day and just breathe. And just start noticing what happens when you actually quiet yourself and go within. Yeah, that. thank you for bringing that up. That's something I'm working on in my own personal life is that concept of the, the busyness and the productivity that is such a part of this like patriarchal capitalist society is like your value and worth is attached to how much you're producing or how busy you are in some way. And yet, actually, when I check in my inner values, I don't actually agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm but I'm living in a culture that trains me to be that way. And so I can find myself like pushing myself to be busy and to be productive, to have the appearance of that so that I can see, receive value, but it's not actually mm-hmm. moving me in any direction or really inspired in any way. Right. There's um, a comedian and an author. Um, his name's Kyle Cease. And he, he wrote a couple of books. His most recent book is called The Illusion of Money. And it's just, you know, how we have this idea that money is limited and time is, no, time is unlimited and money is limited. And it's completely flipped. You know, like time is extremely limited and they're printing new money every day. And in the book and some talks that I've seen him give, he'd said, you know, there are times where I just have to sit down and meditate for eight hours. And when he said it in this one talk, the whole crowd was like, how can you sit for eight hours? Yeah, my first reaction was like, wow, eight hours. Right. And he said the most brilliant thing. He was like, you're willing to not even blink an eye and go sit at an office, the job that you hate for eight hours, and you think that's normal. But when I say I can sit on my meditation cushion for eight hours, you think I'm batshit crazy. That is so funny. <laughs> right? And like, where's your priority? Like, what would happen if you actually sat down? You don't have to start with eight hours. But what if you just gave yourself 20 minutes and just keep adding a little more time on? Because you literally, most people are giving 40 hours of their life a week away to a job that they hate. And we get crazy thinking about giving ourselves 20 minutes. Yeah, it's amazing what we are willing to do that, because we've been told we need to do it, even if we hate uh-huh. it, versus the things we know we craving or that we really actually want rest, stillness, just the ability to be and integrate rather than always having to do and produce. Right. And there'd be so much healing in that space of just becoming quiet, turn everything off and just start listening and you'll start to hear that little voice inside and it's it's magical <laughs> mm-hmm. so you were also i you're starting to point out this person who's sharing some wisdom are there other sort of men or masculine identifying people out there in the world that you sort of see as archetypes of new masculinity or balanced masculinity or people that are really living in that divine masculine space yes there's a couple um it's interesting when I'm teaching my yoga classes anymore, I say two of my biggest spiritual teachers are Joe Rogan and Gary Vaynerchuk. And people look at me like, what? But they are, if you don't know, just Google Joe Rogan and Gary Vaynerchuk if you happen to be living underneath a rock. Uh, but, <laughs> and I joke and say Joe Rogan is like the male Oprah. Like he has this way and he's waking men up and he's this strong, powerful man. You know, he hunts fishes he's an mma announcer but he's got this sweet awakened side and isn't afraid to show it and isn't afraid when emotion strikes when someone's telling him a story if he's gonna cry he cries like i've seen him interview people and tears roll down his face and i don't even know if he knows what he's how he's helping the average man on this planet um, and Gary Vaynerchuk, the same, he's, you know, an amazing businessman and he's all about being authentic, be your authentic self. And they're not out there preaching, like you need to be a kind man. They're just being themselves and just like follow 
this example that I'm leading. Like tap into your emotional intelligence, give yourself some time and be your most authentic self, whatever that looks like. Um, Avery Marcus from, uh, I think his podcast is just the Avery Marcus show podcast something. He owns On It, which is a human optim optimization company. Um, also super manly and very much in tune with his, I feel both his divine masculine and feminine. Um, and his podcast is brilliant as well. And he's really sharing a lot of amazing, strong men with the world that aren't ashamed to be who they are. Um, Mark Groves from Create the Love is also absolutely amazing. He has a beautiful podcast. I think it's called Create the Love. His Instagram is Create the Love. And he's just, he's super vulnerable. And just so, I listen to him and John Kim, the angry therapist. And I'm like, these guys are changing my life. Because they're talking about things that most men don't talk about on podcasts. On just like, this is it. These are the mistakes that I've made in my relationships. This is where John Kim's previous book, is called I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck. And it's all about how pretty much he used to be a miserable fuck because he wasn't connected to himself. And he was just following along and being the typical man, following that that model. And it didn't work for him. And as he started to change, you know, he now has this beautiful career and he's an author and he's part of he's one of my 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 teachers in my life coaching program. I feel so blessed, you know, to be learning from him so there's some of my top top um i don't know maybe that was five top five men i'm so there. impressed i'm so impressed that you could just come up with so many right off the bat i think something that's been coming up in the conversations that i've been having with men is is that it's really hard to find some really balanced archetypes out there and to really know who to look up to as as we're waking up as we're looking at our behavior as we're becoming more introspective what are the models that help guide us what, what this could look like? Or who's, who are those people that are a few steps ahead of us that we can look to to reassure ourselves or to have a, as a guide? And I just love that you can so easily and quickly rattle so many men off um, because I'm not sure that every man has that experience. So thank you for bringing the men that inspire you and that you look towards because I think being able to hear and being able to check out other men in those ways is a really important part of this journey to see that they're, we're not just alone. We're not isolated. We're not islands out there feeling our feelings without being able to actually belong to anything. There are others out there like you. Yeah, there's, so, and I, I think, you know, we're going to start seeing more and more men come online like this, but for everyone that is listening, check out, um, Mark Groves podcast and John Kim's The Angry Therapist. The Angry Therapist, it's like 12 minutes, you know, so they're super short, but there's so much wisdom in there that we all need. Um, and I, 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 I feel very lucky that I think they all just, you know, like how we got connected. It's just the same kind of thing. All of a sudden, all of these people just were literally text messaged to me from other people like you should check out this guy you should check out this guy like okay let's do this <laughs> it's such so a beautiful part of our social media interconnectedness and our texting and stuff is we we have so much accessible to us um mm -hmm. when done in a very balanced healthy way it can also have definite shadow elements but i think it's one of the really beautiful parts of it yeah one of the things that i actually learned from the joe rogan podcast with Gary Vaynerchuk was a guest on, they were talking about how we live in this amazing time where we can curate all the content we get. You know, you can create amazing mastermind groups of the most brilliant people and put them right into your phone every day. It just depends how, how are we going to use these tools that we have? And do you want to use them to better yourself? Because you totally can. So there are like little baby steps for everyone that's listening out there. If you're a man and you're like, I want to start talking to someone, but I'm a little scared. Start listening to those guys and it will help break you through. Right. Listening to this podcast, listening to your podcast, 
Um, yeah, definitely listening to this in, podcast. Inspired creativity. <laughs> Come on, listening to these podcasts. They're such an easy way to um, passively take in information and be able to really, as you're saying, curate the voices that are around you and curate the kinds of people that are around you is to find people that are speaking similar language to you. And sometimes it's good to find people that are set, using similar language to you, but also have an edge to it to push you to push you outside of your comfort zone into a more learning space where you're growing and expanding or finding out pieces that don't you don't value because that's just as important. Oh, I don't value that. Just mm -hmm. to know what you don't value helps you get clearer to what you do value. Yes, exactly. I love that. Yeah. So if you were able to distill our conversation or lessons you've learned over life into one piece of advice for men, what would that be? That's just a tiny question. Just a tiny question. Well, in the Kundalini tradition, we use a mantra, Satnam. And Satnam means truth is my identity. It's my hope. I want to encourage everyone to live your truth. If you are in that space of being a manly man and you want to be a man, then live your truth. Live your most authentic self. Don't hide. Don't back down. Don't be an asshole. Live your truth. Be a kind, loving, caring human. I think that's what, what we all need to do. We need to, we need to be our most authentic self. And if you could give one piece of advice for when it feels scary to live your truth, because I know that's been a part of my journey. It's not always safe to live my truth. Mm -hmm. um, or to show up and, and be take a seat at the table and have this conversation, how do you navigate when it doesn't feel safe to be to live your truth? It depends what kind of environment we're like we're we're talking about feeling safe in. But I think it's good to have a support system, have friends around that you can be yourself with. And if maybe you're not being your most authentic self when you're at your day job, because it might be too scary or something may happen. But try to give yourself a space where you can at least start letting your uniqueness, your truth out where it is a safe space. And then baby steps, you know, take a couple baby steps. And you're like, okay, these, these are my boys. And this is me. This is Joe. Love me, hate me, whatever. I'm going to be me. You guys are my friends. I feel safe here and 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 do it that way in the way of you know taking the baby steps until you can you know scream from the rooftops this is me here's my woo <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it that's ex what i found in my life too is community is such an important part of it and the finding a sense of belonging so finding people that your truth does belong to mm -hmm. exploring that finding people that already that are willing to support and nurture you in your truth and also be able to hear you when you feel scared and weak and like it's too vulnerable to show up in that yeah that, that feels like such a truthful thing that you just pointed out so thank you for bringing that thank you so if people want to keep connecting with you want to listen to your podcast want to find more of the work that you're doing how do they connect with you so you can follow me on instagram at inspire create manifest you can head to my website, inspirecreatemanifest.com. And the podcast is called Inspired Creativity. Um, but I do a lot of stuff on Instagram. I do. I love the land of stories and IGTV. So I say come to my Instagram. That's the best place to really stay connected. And listen to, listen to the podcast. Yeah, you, he definitely has a lot of rich content on his Instagram and Instagram stories and uh, IGTV. So it's definitely a really easy place to keep connecting with Joe and to keep immersing yourself in his wisdom, his language, in his art that he's doing in the world. So thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm so grateful that you joined me on this. And I'm so grateful that our friend Nathaniel connected us to to point out there are lots of men doing this work lots more than we think of we're not as isolated out there if people want to connect with me they can go to my instagram at traver03 
They can email me directly at travisstock03 at gmail.com or you can go to my website at travisstock.com. I'm so grateful for all the new connections that are happening in this conversation, Joe being one of them. I'm so uh, lit up by the fact that there are so many men that are coming forward wanting to have this conversation. I thought it would be a little more challenging to actually be able to find men to, to, that want to talk like this in such a public space. Um, so I'm just grateful for all the new connections, and I'm so thankful for you being on the podcast with me, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, I'm, I'm looking forward to see where we where we are in a year from now in this process. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. And Nathaniel, thank you for connecting us as well. I'm, I'm so thankful for this this conversation and for now having a new friend in my life that's helping to wake up everybody on this planet. Thank you for everything you're doing. Yeah, thank you. We're coming from different coasts. You're in Philadelphia, I'm in Seattle, but we're, we're somehow bringing the energy throughout. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And until our next episode, cheers. <laughs>